Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. Dr. James Peterson. We are live on WRD, 900 AM, 96.1 FM. We're broadcasting live from the Philadelphia Youth Basketball Gala um, here in the nice town neighborhood of North Philadelphia to, to celebrate the 100,000 square foot Allen Horowitz Sixth Man Center, which is going to be a world class facility and a second home for thousands of young people. Uh, it's going to be a resource for the community, transforming lives for decades to come. Uh, this center, and it's, I mean, it's huge, folks. I mean, we're, I, I think we're over here in the, in, the, in the VIP reception area, which will take place later on tonight, but it's already laid out. They've transformed the space uh, into a kind of, gala kind of thing i wish you all could see this with the balloons and the tables and everything but it's 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 massive um this center is is, is going to provide everything that the philadelphia youth basketball program believes that young people need to thrive academically and intellectually socially and emotionally and civically and and vocationally um and so those of you who have uh, uh grown up uh, in neighborhoods like the kind of neighborhood I grew up in in Newark, New Jersey, you all understand the value of these kinds of spaces. You know, when we talk about the the wide range of issues that we're wrestling with in the city of Philadelphia, not just in a nice town neighborhood, right? And we don't we don't want to target any one particular neighborhood, but in neighborhoods across this city, you know, one of the challenges is to create space for the youth. Right. We need to be able to create spaces for the youth. And I got to tell you, this is an awesome space. This is an awesome space. Um, um, so I'm, I'm really, really excited uh, uh, to be here and, and to talk to folks over the course of the next few hours. We're going to be talking to a variety of folks, uh, some government folks, some people who, who are working here and, and doing the great programmatic work of the Philadelphia Youth Basketball program. Uh, PYB here is in partnership with Pride Enterprises and D3 Development. It's created the Black Empowerment and Participation Plan to ensure that the Horowitz Six-Man Center is constructed by Black-owned businesses, Black workers, and Black apprentices. And so and so that's that's another piece I'd love for us to be able to talk about and celebrate here while we're here is that this is happening in our community and it's going to do the work in our community and that work is going to be done uh, um, uh, through black owned businesses with black workers and with black apprentices you all have heard me talk about this a lot we've talked a lot about post-secondary education and preparation it's not always about going to school right like sometimes it's about what ways we're preparing young people for different kinds of trades and any of you who have done any kind of work in the consulting space and i have done a little bit of uh, in the in the construct, sorry construction space, know that 
apprenticeships are key in terms of bringing young people along into the trades, right? I mean, there's obviously you got to get your training, your schooling, but there's nothing like having an apprenticeship to learn a particular trade. And so uh, uh, PYB and their partners are investing uh, in our community in multiple ways at multiple levels uh, uh, to make that kind of collective impact that we talk about quite a bit, but don't always uh, uh, capture. Wow, do we do we get the music turned out? So, so they're doing sound checks, folks, in the background. So for the gala, there's going to be different bands, there's live music, and so when when you when you you're going to hear some of that music in the background because we are doing this live uh, as they're preparing for tonight's event. Let me just give you some of the numbers about Philadelphia youth uh, uh, basketball. Uh, uh, Philadelphia youth basketball program serves. 6,000 plus young people annually um, um, from the city of Philadelphia, about 100 plus high school apprenticeships. You know, we again, we, we can't stress enough that when we talk about providing options and opportunities for young people, you all know I'm an educator, so I talk a lot about education, but we've been having conversations here on Evening Words uh, uh, to, to expand that and to think a little bit more about, about the ways in which post-secondary education and preparation is not always at a university or a college, right? Sometimes it's in the trades. Um, and so PYD, 100 plus uh, high school apprentices, 140 plus hours of weekly programming in this incredible 100,000 foot square facility. So we are all excited to be here. We set up, shout out to, to Troy, the engineer on site who set everything up. And, and you know, it's hard to talk about the logistics, folks, but we had to make a quick late move. We made the adjustment, got set up quick, and, and you know we're here and 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 ready to go and excited to be uh, on air for this really incredible event. I'm looking forward to talking to a whole bunch of folks. We're going to talk to the director of basketball operations. Uh, we're going to talk to uh, someone from the youth uh, leadership council here. Uh, we'll be talking to the director of older youth, uh, some board members, um, uh, various directors and, and, and folks engaged in this organization and, and really doing the work. A little bit later on the program, we're, we're going to have uh, uh, council person Curtis Jones uh, and, and also really looking forward to talking to state rep uh, Ronnie Green uh, at some point over the course of these next few hours. There's other news for us to talk about, though, folks, as well. I, I know that we are still uh, uh, recovering from the snowstorm earlier this week. In fact, my I don't I don't I didn't do that great of a job clearing out my my driveway and everything. <laughs> Stuff is now frozen over now. But um, there is a, a storm uh, warning uh, for the Philadelphia area. Uh, between the hours of 4 a.m. and 10 p.m. We got a storm coming through our our, our neighborhoods and our region all day tomorrow. Um, they're talking about accumulation in the five to six inch uh, range. Uh, but you all know, you know, it, it's been a couple of years since we've had snow like this in the city of Philadelphia. Uh, but also maybe even longer than that, since we've had like back to back snowstorms like we're, we're, we're having this week. So if, if you're like me, and you didn't get a, get a good sort of uh, uh, clear out and clean up. Just be prepared. We got more uh, snow and, and and wintry weather coming through uh, for most of the day tomorrow. Uh, please pay attention to WRD and your and various news outlets uh, to get a sense of what kind of delays and closures and how it's going to impact uh, your morning commute. We should be good for tonight, um, but but it's going to start early early in the morning uh, tomorrow and and be with us throughout throughout the day. I'm, I'm hoping. I, you know, I, I didn't talk about this this week, but there was some criticism. This is not coming from me. There was some criticism 
uh, directed at the, the school district of Philadelphia because they did not delay or close. They ended up doing a delay the day after uh, because the roads were still uh, uh, challenged with a lot of ice and and and, um, and uh, slush and snow on them. Uh, but but the, the school district was criticized uh, for for not having any delays or uh, or even closing a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, school systems in the suburbs surrounding Philadelphia had delays and closures. Um, you know, I, that who who all makes that decision is above my pay grade. Uh, but my sense is, is that because of that bit of criticism, uh, we should be looking to our news sources early in the morning to see what kind of delays uh, and or cancellations are going to be in place. Lots of things you, you need to think about doing in terms of preparation for the storm, too. I'm not a weather person, folks, um, but I'm just like you and want to make sure that uh, um, uh, we, I can walk the sidewalks in front of my house and move in and out in a safe way. Uh, please prepare for that, right? You know, like uh, people in my neighborhood, they always pull up the windshield wipers off off of the car, and that, that actually is a good technique, right? Because you know you need those obviously in any kind of stormy weather. But if you pull them up off off of the windshield, they don't get stuck and get frozen in the snow and things like that. Um, but do what you need to do, folks, to prepare for this storm. Uh, and 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 uh, uh, given what we know right now and what the accumulation is going to be and just the length and duration of it, um, if you need to get out and get anything, uh, you probably want to go ahead and do so this afternoon or evening. Once again, here we, we're here at the Horowitz Sixth Man Center, a world class facility uh, and really a second home uh, for thousands of young people. Um, uh, seeking out resources and opportunity in this in this community. We're really excited to be here and we are, uh, you know, trying to figure out how we can get some of these VIPs to come on over and talk with us so we can learn more about the programming um, and about the the various uh, 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 opportunities that will be available to the young people of Philadelphia through this center. Now, I I I'm not confident about all of the technical things because that's out of my wheelhouse but but uh to young jordan over there i'm happy to take a couple of phone calls before we get ramped up if folks want to call in and talk uh, either about the weather or, or talk about the center um there's a lot of different headlines and highlights i would like to try to get through but i don't want to like start something and then we got to talk to somebody you know one of the, the stories that I, I, i've been following over the course or that we've been following over the course this week uh, is this uh, new plan that the Biden administration is trying to put in place um, to reduce overdraft fees to $3 or less. And I don't know if you've ever had an overdraft fee on your bank account. I don't know if you've ever had an overdraft fee on your bank account. Um, uh, but I know that there are some banks that have eradicated them, right? Because they, they are essentially a tax on 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 consumers and 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 you know these these big banks you know are, are doing okay when you look at when you look at their numbers and so the biden administration has is has proposed um um a, a limitation on 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 uh, uh overdraft fees and and this is being reported by a number of different uh outlets the philadelphia inquirer reported it uh vox has a pretty good report on it, but the the plan is to slash bank overdraft fees um, um, as a way of once again kind of like advocating on behalf of of consumers. So this is a proposed new rule. Uh, it would curb these fees um, that we some of us sometimes uh, occur. And just to give you some of the data, banks collect about nine billion with a B 
$9 billion annually in overdraft fees, right? Uh, people who are paying these fees, you know, for the most part, folks are paying on average about $150 a year on overdraft fees. That's, that's a significant amount of, 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 of money. And, and again, like overdraft fees, in my estimation, are just another way for banks to get money out of, out of of customers and out of consumers. And it feels like a tax, right? Like I said, I don't know if y'all have ever had any overdraft fees. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if y'all have. Troy's raising his hand. I'm raising my hand too. Um, um, but this plan is going to have to go through like the sort of normal regulatory approval process. Um, you know, it, it may take a while to take effect as these things go. It's interesting, right? Because th- this plan wouldn't even take effect potentially until about 2025. But you all know we're in a presidential campaign cycle. And so the Biden administration is getting the word out that they're at least proposing this plan uh, to put them in the position of, of advocating on behalf of consumers and the sort of everyday uh, 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 banker. So this this rule would limit fees for overdraft services. It would basically just cover whatever the institution's costs are. Um, and so I don't know where your fees are, but they you know it, they would lower it to somewhere between three and fourteen. Keep in mind, and I don't want to promote any banks here. There are some banks that have eradicated uh, overdraft fees, um, and so and so so please be m- mindful of 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 that. It is an important. Uh, I think statement by the administration, obviously in the context of of, of the campaign season. Um, but this is the kind of policy that impacts people at those kitchen table places. Um, and so I'm excited for it. Uh, hope for me, it's like the sooner the better. Um, but it looks like we may be pulling in our, our, our first guest, uh, sometime soon here. So I want to make sure we're, we are, we are, we are ready for that. Again, uh, we are broadcasting live here from the Alan Horowitz sixth man center a world-class facility uh, and a second home uh, for, for, for thousands. And, and I, I think I'm getting ready to sit down here with uh, brother Eric Worley. We're going to get him set up uh, uh, and, 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 and tuned in. And Eric Worley is Philadelphia youth basketball's director of basketball operations. Uh, Mr. Worley, welcome to Evening Words. Uh, uh, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. I know it's, it's a little hectic here. People are running around. We're trying to get a uh, 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 settled in. So, Mr. Worley, how does it feel to be in this space and, and, and see this incredible space come to life? Oh, man, it's amazing. It's amazing, man. I told my my co-founder, Kenny Hoseman, we were just sitting, standing in the middle of the courts, just kind of thinking about this long journey that we've been on. And uh, although I've been in the space multiple times since we acquired the building, uh, a couple of weeks ago, came in for the first time where a few days ago, rather, where the lights were actually on and the covering of the lights were off. So I was able to kind of see it, you know, with, you know, bright lights. And it was really the first time that I kind of had some level of chill run through my body, you know, and then obviously to walk in, uh, you know, a few minutes ago and see how this space has been transformed. Uh, extremely, extremely exciting, man. Extremely exciting. I'm excited for you. Congratulations. But let's let's talk to our listeners a little bit about that journey that, you know, you, you say it's a journey. Like, like, where, where did this all start? Well, you know, t- Talk about your role in going from where you were a few years back, even more to where we are now. Yeah. So, you know, it's definitely been, you know, a long journey. Uh, you know, myself and Kenny Holzman go back. You know, we uh, kind of bumped into each other on the grassroots, you know, basketball, you know, surf circuit mm-hmm. where, uh, you know, it 
youth basketball team that I was leading was playing against a team that he was leading and coaching in a tournament that he was hosting. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he was running the Arthur Ashe Legacy Tennis Center at the time. Got it. And, uh, you know, we met there. He invited me out to the Arthur Ashe Legacy Tennis Center. And I always like to say I was probably one of the first persons and not the first person to kind of say like, hey, you know, no disrespect to the sport of tennis, but, you know, we're in the city of Philadelphia where basketball is an iconic sport. And, you know, why don't we have something comparable from a basketball standpoint? Mm-hmm. You know, the Arthur Ashe Legacy Tennis Center, you know, was an amazing space. It's a standard bearer. You know, uh, so I think that kind of planted the seed. And then, you know, uh, that conversation led to a, you know, a handful of us coming together to kind of create a concept paper, Mm -hmm. you know, led to some initial seed funding, uh, led to some initial programs, led to a couple initial staff members. (laughs) And we just kept growing and growing and the snowball continued to roll down the the road. And uh, the big vision was always to bring something like this amazing space to our city. So to kind of be here and seeing it and know that we've accomplished it Mm -hmm. and we stuck to it. Hey, was was there what, what were there? Did you deliberately choose this neighborhood? Like, I mean, obviously, this neighborhood has had its own set of challenges. It's one of the neighborhoods that we talk about a lot in the media, not always in the most constructive or positive ways. Was this was this the original target for this particular space? Yeah. You know, we knew we wanted to be in the urban space. Right. You know, I think, uh, you know, we look to the surrounding areas outside the city and you do have, you know, basketball courts or, multi, you know, community centers that, you know, really exist. But, you know, we knew we wanted to kind of specifically be, you know, in the gut of the city. Mm-hmm. We knew we wanted to be kind of accessible to public transportation. Mm-hmm. We knew we wanted to be accessible to like a major highway, mm-hmm. you know, so we think we've accomplished that, you know, being close to Route 1 and Roosevelt Boulevard, yeah. being, you know, not far from, you know, a couple of, uh, you know, regional rail transportation centers, mm-hmm. a couple of SEPTA transportation centers. So uh, being in the community so that way we can absolutely, you know, serve the, the target population mm-hmm. that we set out to serve and be, you know, where they can, you know, access us and get to us mm-hmm. was extremely, extremely important. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking with Mr. Eric Worley, who is uh, Philadelphia Youth Basketball's Director of Basketball basketball operations. Mr. Worley, can can you talk a little bit about the kind of historical significance of basketball in the city of Philadelphia? I mean, of course, they're the greats and and all that. And we've got a history of incredible street legends, all those things. But from your perspective, I don't know if you've played basketball, obviously you've coached in the space a lot. Talk about the significance of basketball to the city of Philadelphia. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things, you know, when we think about, you know, our kind of like our our PYB Basketball Hall of Fame that will decorate a portion of our building here, mm-hmm. we were intentional by, you know, kind of curating that space around a lot of individuals and a lot of significant moments that mm-hmm. uh, were monumental to the Philadelphia basketball community. You know, some things that may not, you know, always get recognized. I think, you know, one of the things if we were to think about it would be one of the things that we would think about if you looked at the the hallways of the palestra, we'll kind of have, you know, our, you know, uh, you know, Philadelphia Basketball Hall of Fame kind of resemble that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, our city is known as one of the best basketball cities across the country. That's right. If you were to talk to anyone who really knows the sport, you know, some people will rate us different places, but I'm sure we will probably be in everybody's top three, possibly top five from cities. Right. You know, if you think about all of the great legends that have come through our city, Mm -hmm. you think about all of the significant basketball, uh, 
you know, kind of stables that we have had and have been able to kind of support over the years. Uh, our city is a great basketball city. So, you know, we're uh, looking forward to being able to add value to that. Piece. Absolutely. What are some of those names that are going to be on that wall? What are some of the names? Oh, man. So we think about some of the iconic things that like Dawn Staley have done. Yeah. You know, so I have to start, you know, and giving big ups to, you know, the females, you yes. know, in the space, you know, so not even her basketball career, but some of the things that she has done outside of basketball. Yes. You know, we think about, you know, Will Chamberlain. Yeah. Uh, we think about, you know, uh, John Chaney, you yes, know. Uh, great. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I think those will all be people, you know, we think about some of the significant things such as like the 16th of Susquehanna League, yes. you know, being able to kind of honor and show, you know, homage to that league that was a staple in the grassroots, mm-hmm. you know, basketball community over the years. Mm-hmm. So we have a, you know, a great group of, you know, basketball historians, many of which will be in the attendance tonight That's awesome. that have supported and kind of putting together and kind of curating the, uh, the memorabilia and the things that will be going into that space. That's incredible. I can't wait to see that fully realized either. One of the things that's more interesting about the kind of program, I know you're over basketball operations, but one of the things that's been interesting about, about the program is seeing all the work you all do around apprenticeships. So, so, so talk a little bit about that, why that's important. I, I talked a little bit about it before you came on, but I want to hear your perspective on why, why you all sort of have expanded the programming to, to sort of include some things that are not just about athletics. For sure, for sure. I think one of the things that have consistently been a part of our mission from the very beginning is our commitment to what we call our off-court component of our program. Okay. So every single program that we've ever run, uh, the same amount of time that young people spend on the court, they spend an equal amount of time off the court. Okay. And we've created some, you know, a series of like homegrown curriculums mm-hmm. that we facilitate through uh, our coach mentors. Uh, a lot of times based around social emotional learning attributes, mm-hmm. uh, based around decision making, things of that nature. So uh, we just kind of want our, uh, you know, our supporters to understand that we're in the business of kind of building a holistic individual. You know, basketball is just a hook. We all know the numbers of young people who have the ability to kind of matriculate through basketball right. and either play at high school, play at college level, and the very small number that uh, is able to go and play professional. But so we know that just through basketball, we're able to build, you know, great young people mm-hmm. uh, by the off-court component of our program. And then over the years, we've been able to, you know, kind of tap into some different things from an entrepreneurial standpoint, Mm -hmm. kind of teaching young people the importance of that. And that's just all around kind of meeting young people where they are and kind of giving them, you know, access to things and opportunities that they have interest in. We know uh, there's such a large number of young people that is into entrepreneurship. So, you know, let's support them in that journey. Mm -hmm. Let's provide some intentional programming to uh, give them the tools necessary to, you know, kind of execute some plans and some ideas that they may have. Mm -hmm. I got to take a quick break, but can you stay with me? I've got a couple more questions about the building and construction of the facility that I know our listeners want to hear. For sure. Absolutely. I'm not going anywhere. Awesome. Uh, You're listening to Evening Words. I'm in conversation with Philadelphia Youth Basketball's Director of Basketball Operations, Mr. Eric Worley. Um, If you're listening, uh, please stay tuned. We're live uh, from the Allen Horowitz Sixth Man Center here in in Nicetown, and uh, we're really excited to be here. It's an incredible uh, atmosphere. You're listening to Evening Words. I'm your host, Dr. James Peterson. Uh, We'll be back after these messages. Welcome back to Evening Words. I'm your host, Dr. James Peterson. We are coming to you live from Nicetown, North Philadelphia at the 100,000 square foot Allen Horowitz Sixth Man Center. And I mean, again, can't say enough about just how big the space is. We're sitting here. We're in conversation with uh, Mr. Eric Worley, who is the director of basketball operations for the Philadelphia Youth Basketball uh, Programs. Uh, and, and Mr. Worley, you know, we've been talking about a lot of different things that you've been 
uh, working on. And I do want to go back to basketball. But one of the things that was striking to me about this facility is that the way that you all did it, uh, you made sure that the the construction, the workers, you you made sure that black folks were engaged at every level. So it's not that's a difficult thing to do in the city of Philadelphia sometimes. And our listeners are the kind of folks who who get excited about 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 that, about empowerment through through giving opportunities to black folks. So can you talk a little bit about the planning around, you know, making sure that black folks were involved in every stage of the construction and innovation and renovation of the of the space? And and obviously you're serving black black and brown folks in this community. But but talk a little bit about about the strategy to make sure that this was an empowerment opportunity for the community. Yeah, you know, that's a very interesting question, right? That's a very interesting question. I think, you know, that was one of the, you know, criticism and critiques, you know, when we first kind of started the organization, you know, kind of seeing some of, you know, our, our, our senior leadership, you know, Kenny Holzman, you know, being a, you know, a white man, yep. you know, and they're seeing him leading this initiative. But uh, kudos, and I have to give credit to, you know, our leadership, uh, starting with Kenny Holzman, followed by our board of directors, mm-hmm. where the narrative was always about supporting and providing opportunity for black and brown people Mm -hmm. through partnerships, through business opportunities. And uh, we've stayed committed to that. And that has always been a part of the initiative from the very beginning. uh, When we think about our initial program partners, Mm -hmm. you know, from our very first food service vendor Mm -hmm. serving snacks to our young people in our first program, uh, being a a small business of of an African-American man, Mm -hmm. uh, even going through uh, the first uh, accountings that we may have companies that we went through mm-hmm. folks who were hired to do uh, our audit mm-hmm. uh, you know our benefits package for our full-time employees uh, and then all the way to the team of people and the individuals hired to create this massive project mm-hmm. you know and something that has never really been done in our city a right. project of this magnitude you know being led by you know uh, the black entrepreneurs black entrepreneurs uh, you know has been uh, another layer of like the the the, the, the reward that comes up with you know kind of creating this project mm-hmm. you'll see you know similar energy you know this evening with the vendors you know that are here supporting you know the evening you know tonight mm-hmm. so I think uh, the best way to really answer that is that has been a priority of the organization from the very beginning and that's something that we absolutely have stayed true to and have been able to successfully do that's absolutely incredible we, we got to make sure we keep talking about that because I think sometimes people feel like when we do some of these big community projects in our community that somehow Black folks are left out of the opportunity zone, if you will, when it comes to vendors and supplies and things like that. That's not the case with this center. Um, and that's an in- incredible feat. Now, I want to go back to basketball for a bit, because, yeah. you know, when you as director of, 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 of basketball, what does that mean to folks? Mm-hmm. Like, like, are you running the leagues? Mm-hmm. Well, t- talk about your day to day work exactly. when you're not out here on media, uh-huh. you know, talking about the great work of the whole organization. What's your day to day like, Mr. Worley? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great question. Right. So, you know, I just just a little bit about myself. I'm mm-hmm. a, you know, authentic, you know, Philly basketball guy, you know, grew up in the Germantown section of the city, you know, playing at Waterview Recreation Center, Belfield Recreation Center. Mm. Uh, participated in the Sunny Hill League and the Positive Image League growing up. Yes. Uh, was fortunate enough to go to Central High School, play uh, basketball in Central High School. Uh, went on and had a great career at Westchester University wow. uh, after Central and immediately came home, knew I wanted to be a coach and a teacher, you know, so I immediately be, you know, got into the education space. Mm-hmm. Uh, spent over 15 years in education as everything from a teacher to a principal, uh, 
but during that journey, I started a youth basketball organization, you know, Philly Triple Threat. Uh, so that is, again, how Kenny and I met. Right. Uh, so I say all that to say I've been, you know, kind of serving in the education basketball space for over 20 years. Mm -hmm. You know, that's just kind of, you know, uh, what I've always done. So, you know, when someone just refers to me as Coach E, that's kind of like such a badge of honor yeah. just to be considered, you know, Coach E. So, you know, I originally started developing all of the programs within the PYB organization. Mm -hmm. So for several years, I was just a program director. So most of all of our core programs, I was responsible for kind of creating, leading, mm -hmm. you know, creating the program model, hiring the staff, uh, facilitating those things. Our middle school partnership program, which mm -hmm. is in 20 schools across the city. Wow. Uh, our Lace Up and Learn Up summer camp, which is an eight week series of summer camps that wow. serve about 150 kids per week. Uh, our Hoopers Girls Initiative program. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, helped build all of those over the last eight years. Mm -hmm. But as we prepare for this physical space, uh, one of the dynamics that is new to our organization model mm -hmm. will be our opportunity to generate earned revenue. You know, over the last seven years, we've, you know, primarily survived, you know, on grants and donorships and yep. things of that nature. Very few fee based programs within our organization. Mm -hmm. But obviously, with an amazing uh, facility such as this with six courts, uh, we're going to have the unique opportunity. Well, not really a unique opportunity, but the opportunity to bring earned revenue opportunities to our city uh, right. in the form of hosting of uh, tournaments, That's right. uh, you know, uh, running leagues. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to run our core programs, which will be like an academy type model of programs to serve young people mm -hmm. across all age levels, all grade levels and all skill levels. Mm -hmm. So we'll have a series of academies. So my role as the director of the basketball operations will be to pretty much lead all of those things mm -hmm. as they as it pertains to the earned revenue opportunities for our basketball pavilion and our best space that you see over there. That's the incredible. That I can't <laughs> wait to attend some 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 <laughs> events here. Now I got a I got an inside basketball question for you. So so I I, I watch young people play basketball now sometimes and and I feel like young players, high school and college. Um, uh, D1 and D2, sometimes, you know, there's a, there's a certain allure to professional basketball and how, how professional basketball is played right now. Mm -hmm. And, and you tell me, coach E, if, if this is the right assessment, mm -hmm. I get the sense sometimes young people are watching a little bit too much of that and, and maybe not sort of understanding the fundamentals. Now, if that's a, an accurate assessment, talk to me a little bit about how you coach young people to sort of, you know, embrace the fundamentals of the game and kind of engage it in a way for the kind of long term career that you've had for sure. uh, with, with basketball. Now, first, is that a, is that an accurate assessment that they, they're looking a little bit ahead and looking at certain styles of play that maybe not maybe are not the best educational uh, basketball tools for them in terms of the level they're coming into it? Absolutely. I think, you know, that is a pretty fair assessment. You know, those of us who have, you know, uh, you know, consider ourselves youth developers or coaches, you know, over the years, we are really frustrated with, you know, some of the things that are currently taking place. Today's young people, they're watching highlights and not watching full games. Right. You know, so you're only seeing the the, the high, the highlightable moments. Right. So you're not really seeing the way that the game is supposed to be played. One of the things that has become very evident is that, you know, how the models that take place in other countries are is a lot better than our youth basketball development model that takes place here in the states mm -hmm. and i tell i've been telling people quite a bit recently that's very easy to kind of understand and see that concept if you think about this year's you know all nba team uh before the voting even takes place all of them are going to be foreigners you know yeah. i'm going to go with Embiid. i'm going to go with joker from denver yeah. i'm going to go with Giannis. Yeah. uh and I'm missing one. I'm going to go from Dallas. Uh, uh, Luca. Yep. And then I'm going to go with the guard from from 
OKC, uh, right. Shea, who's from Canada. Right. So potentially all five of the all NBA first team players wow. will all have been developed and groomed internationally. Uh, internationally. Wow. So I think to answer your question, one of our objectives, you know, through our academy model will be to create program levels for young people based off of their grade, based off of their skill. Mm-hmm. If you're a fifth grader and you are at an intro or a foundational level, mm-hmm. then that's how you're going to be taught and developed. If you're a fifth grader and you're at an advanced or a performance level, mm-hmm. you know, you may get a little something different because your skill level is a little bit different than this than right. this person here. Right. So we want to try to create, you know, a program model that can kind of speak to that and mm-hmm. begin to kind of change that basketball development narrative. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things that we are going to be intentional about as an organization, we are absolutely committed to the holistic development of the young person mm-hmm. and all of the program uh and all of the other program elements that we have to support a young person off the basketball court. Right. But we're also going to be intentional about, you know, being able to move a young person along basketball That's wise. Right. You That's know, right. we, we're not going to build a, a hundred square foot facility and not try to also have some quality basketball being taught and developed, you know, in the basketball space here in our building. That's right. I think I'm in conversation with uh, Mr. Eric Coach E. Worley, who's the director of basketball operations. And we're starting to get a little bit into the weeds, but I can't help it because I'm a big basketball fan. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, uh, so, so, Coach, yeah, I've been thinking a lot about NIL and 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 its impact on on amateur professional on amateur to the transition from amateur to professional sports, mm-hmm. but also its impact on on young people. You 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 capture this perfectly that young people it's like the social mediafication of of how you learn about basketball. They're just seeing the clips. They're just yep. seeing the TikTok videos, yep. and and that's not always the best way to 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 learn. So so, and I'm gonna have to get you out of here on this one, but. It, do you do you see NIL impacting the work that you do? And and, and again, like I, I'm curious, like does that mean there's more agents in your space? Mm-hmm. Are there more? You know, you know what I mean. Like, I'm just curious as to as to because we're, we're still new with 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 with, with name uh, image likeness yep. opportunities for for amateurs. How is it impacting the kind of work that you do, or how do you foresee it impacting the work that you do? For sure, for sure. Great question, great question. You know, I think the first thought that come to mind is kind of like, you know, I think the the movement of NIL, you know, and the whole name, image, and likeness, all that does is just shine a bigger light on the importance of the off-court component mm-hmm. of the work that we do. Mm-hmm. You know, just uh, the young people that are able to kind of maximize their potential in that space mm-hmm. are those that are kind of buttoned up and as powerful as they could be, mm-hmm. you know, where mm-hmm. they're being developed off the court. They're, so they're feeling comfortable with sitting and having a conversation with someone if they're right. being interviewed, right. if they have to go into a boardroom and sit in front of a group of people and present themselves, mm-hmm. you know, they uh, so they have to kind of develop those skills. So I think, again, that kind of shines a bigger light on the importance of all the other elements that we will have as part of our program and mm-hmm. a part of our physical space, because then that will, again, be help be helpful and establish and developing young people off the court That's because right. uh, it's scary to think that the NIL opportunities are trickling down to the younger and younger ages. Younger I just, and younger. You know, I just read today of a young lady who got a Nike deal and she is in the 10th grade, you wow. know, and she just signed with Nike. Wow. So those things are real and I don't think they're going anywhere. So if we can be helpful and building a young person as a student, as an athlete, as a leader mm-hmm. through our program elements to best position them if they're ever 
fortunate enough mm-hmm. to be good enough basketball wise mm-hmm. uh, to uh, generate any type of NIL type of opportunities, mm-hmm. then I want that young person to be as best prepared as possible when that opportunity presents themselves. That's incredible. So I, I, I actually I got one more question before I let you get out of here. What, so when is this open for the community? What, what's the what's the target date for your programming? Open doors. Everybody start coming in and, and learn how to play basketball, learn how to present yourself, sure. get into your apprenticeship opportunities, all those things. When, when, when are we open for business here? For sure. For sure. You know, it's crazy. Uh, if you would have saw this place a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> we would have been like, yo, I don't know when we're opening. Right. But kudos to our team of construction folks. They kicked it into high gear to get us to this physical space that we are here now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I feel pretty confident of our timeline of the spring where we're uh, anticipating, you know, all of the construction to get wrapped up in like April, May. Okay. Uh, we're hopeful to be able to get what's called our certificate of occupancy in May. And then as the director of basketball operations, I have the green light to start having events and hosting things in June. So I am extremely, extremely excited about that. I have a lot, bunch of folks coming in the building this evening from the Philadelphia basketball community. A lot of our event hosts, a lot of our, you know, uh, individuals that run different basketball organizations and leagues and all of that. So I'm looking forward to starting to network and build and create amazing opportunities with all of those individuals to uh, bring great uh, programming and great opportunity to our young people from the city. Awesome. Mr. Eric Worley, thank you so much for spending some time with me today and giving us some insight. It's great to meet you, brother. For sure, man. I appreciate it, man. Thank you, you guys. I know, I know you're real. I know you're real busy. Thank you, brother. Cool. Uh, you're you're listening to, to Evening Words. I'm your host, Dr. James Peterson. We've been in deep conversation with Coach E., who's the director of basketball operations for the Philadelphia youth basketball program. We are in the space folks right here in nice town, North Philadelphia, a 100,000 square foot, uh, Alan Horvitz six man center, a world-class uh, facility and, and open for business uh, uh, later this spring. You're listening to evening words. I'm your host, Dr. James Peterson. We are live on WRD 900 AM 96.1 FM. We'll be back after these messages. Welcome back to Evening Words. I'm your host, Dr. James Peterson. We are live on WRD, 900 AM, 96.1 FM. We, we, we're sitting in the Allen Horowitz uh, six-man center, 100,000-square-foot facility, an amazing facility in Nicetown, Philadelphia, and talking with various folks who work in the Philadelphia Youth Basketball Program. And I'm really honored to be joined now by Ashley Rosario, who is the PYB Manager of Older Youth, Ashley, welcome to Evening Words. Thank you for having me. So, so I want to talk about all the programs you're doing. Our, our listeners are our listeners are really interested in this in this work specifically. But first, let's you know you're the manager of older youth. So I want to make sure we're clear on like what do you mean by older youth? So older youth to us are about sixteen to at least college aged. Okay. Um, however, we don't turn any youth around, so you can come to us as early as twelve to thirteen years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You were talking about when we were off. You were talking a little bit about sometimes. Um, um, uh, the DA's office or someone will recommend folks into your program. So how does that process work? So it's a diversion program. It's I am because we are and usually youth who have gotten in trouble and are currently in the system get referred to our program. Mm -hmm. And you're with us for, let's say, about two months and you have to show up every Monday and Tuesday. We have curriculum and we have on and off court um, work with Mm -hmm. the youth. So they'll do two months and that helps their contract with the district attorney's office. And once they complete that, they are able to get their record expunged. Oh, wow. That's awesome. I would imagine that this kind of work helps young people to not, uh, you know, backtrack 
or backpedal into into some of those things. When you say curriculum, so some of it's basketball, um, and some of it is it educational. Is it is it te- technical stuff? What kinds of things are you teaching the young folks um, in this program? Technical life skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go to different workshops, so we even get them through career readiness. So it can be as simple as personal branding, and then it can go to self respect, mm-hmm. self awareness. So mm-hmm. we just alter. Um, our coordinator, Cassius Cohen, he had done a workshop with the youth mm-hmm. and they were able to taste different fruits. Oh, wow. Fruits that they've never had outside of bananas or strawberries. Right, right. You'd be amazed how much food can win over the hearts of young people. Right? Absolutely. absolutely <laughs> amazed. Um, can we talk a little bit about, you know, when w- what are some of the things that you're seeing in terms of young people getting caught up on the wrong track? What are they doing? Is it fighting? Is it is it substance abuse? Like what are the what are the things that we're getting them out of through through the I am because we are a program? Really through hanging with the wrong crowd, sometimes being in the wrong place at the wrong time, mm-hmm. stealing cars, mm-hmm. um, maybe having something on them that they didn't have any business having on them. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, it happens and it doesn't mean that that's the end of your world. That's the end of your life. Mm-hmm. So we work with them. And although most times they have to be with us just two months, they don't leave. They stay wow. with us and we welcome them with open arms. You know, mm-hmm. um, we had about 12 to 16 the before this cohort began. Mm-hmm. And we did a staff versus students game. And they came <laughs> and uh, we donated. Everybody got a new pair of sneakers to be able to wow. ball in. We wow. balled. We had food for them. Wait, who won the game? Who won? Oh, we won. <laughs> We won by two, but we won. That's a W. So, um, you know, and then when it was time to come back, they like, yeah, I'm coming back, you know, and mm-hmm. on just Tuesday, it was a snowstorm. Right. We had about 18 youth to show up. Wow. And we provide transportation as well for them. That's incredible. And that transportation, that served just this neighborhood? Or does it serve Northeast, oh, West wow. Philadelphia, South wow. Philadelphia? They come from so many different parts of the neighborhoods, but we ensure that we know you come in, we stay in communication with them. So mm-hmm. they let us know, you know what, I'm not even going to come today or I'm not mm-hmm. feeling good. You know, they get, um, now we're working on getting them physicals. Mm-hmm. So we have a doctor, um, make sure they get the physicals so they're able to play. They can take it to school so they can play sports in schools. Right. Right. That's incredible. So, so if, let's say if there's someone listening right now and they have a young person in their life that they'd like to send your way, is is it only through referrals from the city or do, or can they come in in other ways? They can come in in other ways. So you have to start off in a program in order to grow into different programs. So mm-hmm. you can come in through I am because we are, you can um, prov- get the information on our website mm-hmm. and communicate with somebody directly. And then you move up. So let's say you started in I am because we are, you then can graduate into going to work-based learning and career readiness. And we provide you, we have a job board where we post scholarships, we post, post jobs. Um, we post even resume templates to ensure mm-hmm. that they are equipped for what they need moving forward. That's incredible. I think that might be the biggest misconception that folks will have about this facility in Philadelphia youth basketball is that, you all are doing a lot of other kinds of programming. And so I know, th- you know, I am because we are as one program you're managing. Can we talk a little bit about some of the other programs that you're working on for, for PYB? Uh, well, work-based learning, we get youth connected with local organizations and they get it, um, are able to have a 10-week internship. Mm. And they work with that organization. They work um, hand in hand. They get paid for the, uh, for the, internship. Um, sorry, the internship. Mm-hmm. And um, we have last cohort we had, um, I think, about 12, 17 youth mm-hmm. uh, provided with an internship. Those The organizations that we are still connected to, they're like, we want that kid back. Wow. Bring them back. You know, and then this time we're providing them now before you go into internship, mm-hmm. you take a workshop. 
So okay. now we're like, it's like a professional development. Right. Walking them through it, ensuring that they have a professional email address, mm-hmm. making sure they know how to address to these places, mm-hmm. you know, making sure we give them care bags so they can be prepared for this world, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, just a reminder that you belong here. Yes. You know, it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter where you come from. Everybody else could look different, mm-hmm. but we welcome you and you stand there and your voice in this world and you deserve to be heard. Mm-hmm. So that's bigger than just you know, playing basketball for us. That, that's incredible. What, what, what are some of the uh, some of the kinds of internships that young people are doing through your program? Uh, working with Kendra Brooks, mm. Councilwoman Kendra yes. Brooks. Um, we have we're currently connecting with Farmer John. Okay. Um, Harriet's yeah, bookstore. bookstore. Yes, 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 um, yes. Wiz Cafe. Okay. You okay. know, and we like to. We do like bigger organizations, mm-hmm. right? We have uh, Immortal Vision, who's actually here with us today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have so many organizations, but we like to focus on small businesses of color. Mm, that's incredible. Get them connected with people that look like them and can remind them every single day. Like, I'm here to guide you. I understand, you know, you, you showed up late today mm-hmm. or you can't make it today. Or, you know, you didn't have a good day today, but I understand that. Mm-hmm. And I can read that mm-hmm. and not take that as a misconception that, you know, you're just a disrespectful child or mm-hmm. you're just n- nobody raised you. Right. You know, when mm-hmm. really we are a community. Mm-hmm. So we're here to raise them together. That's We're not incredible. here to just take them from the home and expect the mom to do everything by herself. Right. You know, right. Right. T- t- tell the audience a little bit about how you got into this. work. I mean, this is you're doing incredible work, impact work. How, how did you get into this work? What's your background and kind of what led you to to PYB? So um, well, PYB specifically, yeah. I had did a camp over the summertime mm-hmm. that was brought here from California. It's called Camp Achille. And we worked with 75 youth of color mm-hmm. from around the city and they we worked on healing healing centered engagement with them mm-hmm. so we ran workshops on self-awareness mm-hmm. um we uh, spoke about violence so we did like this fishbowl of violence and everybody sat in a circle and there was three chairs in the middle and the bravest youth would get up and discuss the first time they ever experienced violence mm-hmm. you know so mm-hmm. it was much deeper than just working with youth you know Mm -hmm. we were there for a week we stayed on campus Mm -hmm. and it was just life-changing and then i had met some good people from pyb through that you know and (laughs) they're like we like like what you're doing you know and i'm like i like what y'all doing (laughs) you know the same way they interviewed me i interviewed them right and i felt aligned Mm -hmm. so i Mm -hmm. believe that everything that we're doing here is magical Mm -hmm. and it's it's required Mm -hmm. you know it's again it's bigger than basketball having the people from the community give back into the community and be a village Mm -hmm. that's what's that's what's needed Mm -hmm. are there other programs we did we did uh, I am uh, uh, who we are. We did the work based. Are there other uh, programs that you work on or support here at PYB? We support everything. Okay. So okay. we have Hoopers. Um, we have Lace Up, Learn Up. We have. Wait, what's, um, what's Hoopers? Hoopers, Strictly for Girls. Okay. Yep. Okay. Teaching young girls to be basketball, but they also have. So um, our MSPP program, that's middle school. Okay. And every program does on-court and off-court curriculum. Wow. So you'll get time to play ball. However, you got to get in that classroom first. Right, you know, right, we do right. icebreakers, we do highs and lows. Like, what's your high? You have to give us a high, mm. but you don't have to give us a low, but we don't just take a low. Right. You know, that's right. you have to have a high. You got to have some positive thinking with it. That's yep. incredible. So so have you seen, I mean, obviously we are we are seeing the surgeons, like the surging of, of girls and women in basketball. Are you seeing that at the level that you're working in as well? Are, are there more young girls interested in playing basketball? basketball more folks you know kind of uh hopefully directing young girls into the sport 
Yeah, definitely. Randy is our um, head, actually, for um, Hoopers, mm -hmm. and the, the girls love it. And even if they don't feel like they want to go to WNBA, they love the people, right. and they love the community. They're like, I want to be here. Mm -hmm. You know, they feel welcomed here, mm -hmm. and I think that's the biggest thing. And although, you know, we want an all-star, you know, we want an all-American, <laughs> that's right. however, that's, right. that's not the priority. The priority here is to be a family, protect mm -hmm. the family, and ensure mm -hmm. that when they come to us every day, that they're getting something. That's incredible. You 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 are are doing incredible uh, work here. What, did, I, did I leave anything out, Ashley? Like what what you know? I want you to talk about all the program you're doing. What are you excited about for tonight? Who are you excited about seeing, or what are you what what piece of this uh, incredible space and event are you most excited about for tonight? To be honest, I'm excited to be in community. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not even anything in particular. Is that this division is coming alive you know mm -hmm. right now we're mm -hmm. in this section right here and yeah. this is for the younger kids you know three wow. to seven wow so even there's a space for that age it's not right. just about older youth or middle school or you know there's really a space here for everybody and i'm excited to continue to build this village and if there's any message that i can give out is protect our kids they're mm -hmm. our responsibility as well mm -hmm. so don't over they doing something you correct it mm -hmm. you know and it's the way you correct it it's not what you say it's how you say it mm -hmm. so come off the right way Mm. respectfully where it's mm. humanity mm -hmm. you don't treat people like they're kids you treat them like they're a human being mm. Mm -hmm. ashley rosario the philadelphia youth basketball's manager of older youth um, um the youth violence prevention programs including i am because we are thank you so much uh for joining us here today i appreciate your time likewise thank you for having me awesome uh, wow, folks. So I'm, I mean, already like this, just even in the first couple of interviews here, getting a good sense of the, of the kind of work uh, that's going to be going on and that's already going on, but that's going to continue to go on in this extraordinary space. Uh, we've just been uh, talking with Ashley Rosario, who is the Philadelphia Youth Basketball Manager of Older Youth Programs and, and really speaking specifically about that, that older youth violence prevention uh, uh, program. I am because we are as well as some of their work development things and internships, just an extraordinary array um, uh, of programmatic energy uh, in the building and the space. And I got to tell you, folks, it's, it, it is exciting to be here. It's exciting to be here. You know, we we talk a lot on evening words about like, how do we kind of get at to, to, to the solutions? You know, we talk a lot about the problems. And and the, and the reality is, is that there are a lot of people here in this space who are doing the work. Like they're doing the work, they're engaging our youth. You know, like sometimes we talk about our youth, like, man, our youth are going sideways or doing this. Doing the folks here are doing the work. They're putting in that work uh, uh, to advance and edify our community. And again, no misconceptions about the Philadelphia youth basketball slate of programs. It's not just about basketball. It is not just about basketball. You're listening to Evening Words. I'm your host, Dr. James Peterson. We are live on WRD, 900 AM, 96.1 FM. We'll be back after these messages. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com.